I'm David Madsen, and this is Primetime 89, a chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. Shane Mahilona was an athlete in high school, a great guy with tremendous school pride, and a good friend. After high school, he'd moved to the West Coast for college, and that's where his life began to take shape. From his education and relationships, to his service in the military and his post-military career, as a father and even a pastime and hobby that he shares, he began to lay roots that would place him in San Diego, where he lives today. Cool, man. Hey, I like the haircut. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I needed one. <laughs> so what am I keeping you from today? If, if we weren't talking on Zoom, what would you be doing right now? I probably would have been on a hike this morning. <laughs> I had a, a buddy of mine invite me uh, for a short hike. Um, I actually went hiking last Saturday, so I, I'm still kind of recovering that, man. I'm just It kicked my butt. So... Yeah, I would have been doing that today, probably. I didn't know that Shane was Filipino. He talks about his upbringing filled with memories of family get-togethers and his relationship with his brother. So where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in Makiki uh, when I was like really young. But then uh, we eventually moved to Kaneohe when I was in about third grade. And then... Uh, so for most part, I, I grew up in Kaneohe. My family is fairly large. My dad had seven siblings. So, but we would regularly on special occasions get together and they would play music. It was one of the fond memories I remember growing up is the family getting together, the cousins, and we just all sit around and listen, sing music. And that was just always something that was automatic every occasion. My dad, Hawaiian Chinese. My mom is straight book book. <laughs> first generation? No, she was born and raised in the Philippines. And then she moved to Hawaii when she married my dad. How did they meet? Was it in the military or? Yep. My dad was in the military. He was Navy. And he was on deployment. And they stopped in the Philippines. And that's how he met my mom. After he left, they kept in touch. And, you know, back then was by letters, right? So there was always constant back and forth letters. And, and you know, they went back to the Philippines and got married there. And then they moved to Hawaii. She moved to Hawaii. Yeah, I just went to the Philippines like three years ago for the first time. Yeah, I saw she, that. She uh, took me to her, to her province where they grew up. She was there with you. You went with her. Yes. Yep. She wanted me. She's been wanting me to go for years. She said, you know, I'm getting old and, you know, I don't know when I'll come back to the Philippines, but you should come. So I went, I went to go see where she grew up and they still have that property over there. I know you have a younger brother. Yep. Brian. Brian, just you two? Just the two of us. Yeah. He was class of 91. What were some of the, the, the memories you had with your brother growing up? I know you guys, <laughs> it seemed to be pretty close, you know? Yeah. We're, we were, 
since it was just the two of us, I mean, we were joined at the hip. So everything I did, he did. And everywhere we went, we went together. Uh, we fought a lot. So that was that was common. That was throughout growing up. We always fought. But we also played a lot together. We were playing outside all the time. So we would play tag. We'd play um, dodgeball, sham battle. We'd play. Um, we'd go run in the bushes and create these forts like we would call them forts and and we play, play army or something like that and we'd go down the stream there's the stream we'd go catch prawns and he wasn't as coordinated <laughs> so so when it came to sports or athletic activities now i always get mad at him because he would be on my team like bro come on you gotta catch the ball like what's wrong with you like <laughs> I was always getting mad at him because I was so competitive. I always wanted to win, right? Yeah. Whenever yeah. I had him on my team, I was like, "Bruh, shoot the ball! Like, give me just give me the ball already." <laughs> so it was kind of like that, and he was always—I think he was always trying to keep up with me when he was growing up. Yeah, younger yeah. kids always look up to their older siblings, and um, yeah, either trying to be like them or trying to outdo them in some way. Yeah, but we're we're pretty close, and now he's like six three, two fifty, and like that. Whoa, <laughs> he's a big boy. My younger brothers are just a little taller than me, maybe by a couple of inches. And when my friends meet them, they always you know wonder who's the oldest. Yep, I get that too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Back when you guys were younger, you had the age advantage, you had the coordination advantage on him. What was he able to do better than you? Nothing. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, Let's see. What would he do better than me? That's a good question. Seriously, you have to think about this. I can't think. I can't think of anything. I mean, the the one thing he liked doing more than me was play board games. Like he would always like. I didn't. I, I like board games, but not as much as he did. And because I always wanted to be outside, I was like, man, I, I like go play football or you know mm-hmm. something. And he would oh hey play board play this stratego with me stratego. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like play that. It's boring. <laughs> But <laughs> it's like playing the games that I know I can beat you at. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that that was it. So all that kind of stuff. Um, it was fun growing up. In high school, Shane learned important things from influential figures and from football. How do you think classmates would remember you from high school? They would probably say I was the nice, cool guy, quiet, that everybody it was well, you know, well liked and got along with everybody, that kind of thing. So what's one thing that you really miss about the high school days? Man, high school days. Uh, I really had a good time in high school. I enjoyed it, but I think I would say I miss just being with 
the classmates with just everybody just so many great memories Pocky hall in mid kiff library hanging out like just the whole experience of high school is, is something i miss i agree i miss the lunches too as all you could oh, oh yes the, the lunches man <laughs> and, when, and when they built that new dining hall right when we became freshmen yeah. oh my the what hamburgers pizza every day french fries <laughs> Everything. <laughs> and we had um, two or three tall glasses of chocolate milk and uh, like a triple or a quadruple burger because you made your own burgers. Right. I remember guys were making pizza burgers. They would get the pizza and they would just get a hamburger patty, a couple of patties, and put it between the pizza. And that's I how know. they eat it. Yeah, we had it good back then. It was really good. Was there... Um, an important experience, you know, maybe shaped who you are or what you do today? It was playing football and it was our junior season. You know, football was pride and joy of coming to schools and they had a tradition of winning. They were a powerhouse back in Calvin Chai days. And and here we are junior year and man, we went, I think we had probably one win that season. And it was just a tough season. One win out of the whole 12 season. It was rough. Like, you felt like you couldn't do anything right. You couldn't win. And it taught me a lot about adversity and just not quitting. You know, okay, so you failed this year. Luckily, I had our senior year and, you know, you could only get better. So I had that going into our senior season. Like, okay, you know, we, we failed our junior season. We can come out of this better. It's a whole different year. We had a new coach. Coach Geisen came in. So there was a lot of hope. And it was just overcoming that adversity and that challenge and not quitting and looking forward to having a better season is what kind of stuck with me. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's an important lesson, not giving up. Yeah, yeah. Resilience, that's, that's the key word right there. What's something about you that hasn't changed since high school? Other than my height, I didn't grow very tall. <laughs> I guess the same personality. I don't think I've changed since high school. Do you have any anything that you've held on to from high school? Any mementos? I have like track medals, like some of those and some other high school football, newspaper clippings and Oh, and I still have the Letterman's jacket. You know which one I'm talking about? The leather um, one? Yeah, I do. Yes, I still have that. Oh, sweet. Do you do you still fit it? Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, come on. Seriously? Yeah, I think it's smaller than... I was a little bit smaller in high school. You got your pins and stuff, too? Yeah, I think I still have my pin. My track pin and football pin. It's awesome. Man, I was, that was like the most coolest jacket to have. So let me show you something real quick. You recognize that? Oh, what the heck? When was this? Halloween. Wait, this was Halloween? Yeah, that's you uh, and your jacket. Yeah. That's it, man. <laughs> what the Halloween? 
Because, yeah, that's that's like in Pocky, you know, like, I guess you were dressed as like a 50s greaser guy or something like that. Okay, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, when you said the jacket thing, I was like, I remember. That's hilarious. We just And I just talked about the jacket, and there it is. <laughs> Going to Kamehameha schools was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life um, for many reasons. But... Oh, a lot of people have been a big part of influencing me in my life, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be here where I am today without them. And that would be uh, one in particular, Mrs. Baldwin. She instilled a lot of confidence in me academically, and we be, we've become close to this day. And really? Yeah, I still keep in touch with her. Every time I go back home, I try to have a lunch with her. That's and nice. Just, yeah. Coach Blaine Geisen, of course, was a huge influence. He was an inspiration. He just taught me a lot about discipline and- um, Wonderful, positive role model. Yeah, and then also Dr. Chun. I mean, what a great guy. He was very down to earth Mm -hmm. and he came to all of our football games and he was on the sidelines and he just was a big part of turning around the culture of schools. We were the last class that Papa Lyman was a trustee for. Because oh, yeah. Actually, I was one of the pallbearers for Papa Lyman. Somebody asked a, a bunch of seniors from our class. Wow. But I remember because that casket was so heavy. <laughs> I was in the front and I was afraid I was going to drop it. And, and here I am, I'm trying to make like, I'm all big and, you know, carrying it with one hand. But then I was like, oh, I got to carry it with two hands. <laughs> well, that's, that's an honor. That's a privilege. Yeah, that was an honor. In college, there's new experiences and responsibilities. And sometimes it takes a while to find our footing. But once we do things fall into place. What are some of the misconceptions you had about what life would be like after high school? I guess I didn't expect college to be as difficult as it was. And I felt, I thought I was ready, but once I was in college, it was a lot harder, especially going to a bigger school at Oregon State where you don't get that you know, in a small class, one-on-one action with interaction with the teacher. It's just like, you guys want to come to class, come to class. But if you don't, I don't care either. Cause so it was like, you, you had to hold yourself accountable and stay disciplined, go to classes. And if you're struggling, you had to find someone, a tutor or something to help you out because now you're on your own, right? No one's going to tell you or hold your hand and tell you, you got to do your homework or you got to study for this or do this. I remember my dad taking me there. And then when he left, I was like, man, this is it. You know, here I am, 18 year old boy, island boy, you know, never been out on his own before. And so it was kind of nervous and and going through the whole ROTC experience, like, bam, like I was just in it and it's just different. So it was, it was a little bit of a culture shock, but I was excited at the same time. You know, a, a lot of a lot of growing up that I think that uh, we all do pretty quick. Yeah, and I, I even had to figure that out with my major, 
And also with my career in the Navy, I had to figure, I didn't know what I was going to do, what I was going to major in. So I can tell you the first year of college, my freshman year, I had so much freedom and I loved it. You know, I was under no rules. My parents weren't there. I kind of relaxed a lot. Like I was, we're partying every weekend, staying up late, going wherever, anytime, any place. So my first year was a struggle. My grades really suffered. Mm-hmm. And I was in, you know, I was in ROTC. So I had to maintain a certain GPA in order to keep my scholarship. So after my freshman year, I saw my GPA slipping and I was like, man, I, I can't lose this. So what was your major in college? It, it initially started as electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Did I suffer>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Electrical engineering, I took one semester. I was like, holy moly, this is crazy. And then I switched to computer science. And then I finally switched to business. And then I was like, okay, this is this is something I'm interested in. It was my sophomore year that I really started to, you know, buckle down and and take it a lot, lot more serious. What's something important that you learned about yourself? That... I could do it on my own. I was a lot more, felt a little bit more confident about being independent mm-hmm. and, and actually going out into the world, real world with, you know, the knowledge and experience that I had. I think college really helped that. And it helped develop those skills and leadership skills and life skills that's needed to become an officer in the Navy. So that helped. And then I was working, you know, part-time. What were you so, doing? <laughs> I was doing everything from washing dishes to flipping burgers to cashier and to working in a, a video store. I had to learn how to manage my time, manage my life mm-hmm. and with work, school, and ROTC. So that, that kind of helped. Mm-hmm. But then things just kind of fell in place. Nice. And it worked out. Shane's military career began right after college. He shares what it was like and how it relates to what he's doing now. How long were you in the military? I did eight years active duty. So after I graduated from Oregon State, I was I went to supply school in Georgia for six months. And then I was stationed in Virginia Beach. Yeah, Navy. what did you do in the Navy? Uh, I was a supply officer. So we handled uh, logistics, supply and logistics for the Navy. Um, on board the ship, it was um, consumables. There was a ship store. I was in charge of that. I was dispersing officer. So I, I managed the cash on board the ship. Um how much do the ships normally carry in cash? Uh, for my ship, it, was, it wasn't a very large ship. So on a normal day-to-day basis, I would have maybe, uh, I want to say like not more than 100000 But when we went on deployments, then I had to get six about $600,000 in cash. Well, that's it? I thought they'd have like, like, you know, over a million or something, just like, I don't know, for whatever reason. No, I mean, because all I needed it for pretty much was to run the ship store and 
whenever there was payday and the sailors wanted to get cash because once we get when we were overseas and we ported somewhere they wanted cash I, they wrote checks and i just gave them cash so that's pretty much all that it was i had to make sure i had enough um otherwise shoot i would have to get it from another ship that's what i i think i did that i ran out of cash yeah and so i had to contact another dispersing officer on another ship and get cash from them which was kind of cool because they had they had to helicopter me over there <laughs> to get cash so i thought man this is pretty cool so yeah yeah okay so you used to go on deployments too then I went on one, one major deployment, mm. um, six months in the Mediterranean. Mm. Okay. Uh, what kind of boat were you on? I was on an Amphib, LSD-38. So Amphibs, they carried Marines, and they have this well deck. Mm. And the well deck would carry these amphibious vehicles, and they would come up into the well deck. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we also had a helicopter landing pad, so we could take on a helicopter. Oh, so, so there's like a like a bay underneath where the where the vehicles could be could be housed. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're like two or three amphibious assault vehicles, and it would. It's kind of cool because the 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 deck actually goes down, sinks under into the water, into the ocean, and so oh. that the amphib can come up into it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So that, that was always cool to watch, to see. That see cool. cool stuff when I was in the Navy. So it doesn't sound like it was a very big boat. Did you get seasick on it? Or? Yeah. It, it wasn't like the worst kind of boat. It was. A, it's considered a smaller boat. It's not like the big aircraft carriers. So it rocked a lot more. And I remember I'd be sleeping in my rack. I would literally be rolling in my, <laughs> in my rack. And then we had um, the kitchen, the galley, and we have these, they're called MSs, they're, and they're mess specialists. But you could hear in the galley, they're supposed to secure all the pots and pans, but you can hear them crashing and <laughs> <laughs> like damn, supposed to secure that the captain's gonna be pissed oh and then my last tour was stationed back home in Kaneohe all right so you were in Kaneohe the, the last tour and then how did you make it from there to San Diego so I got through a little rough point in my life at that time so I was going through some trouble in my marriage and and trouble finding a job because I got out um, at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't find a job in Hawaii. It was like right after September 11th. Oh, really? Oh, one. Yeah, 2001. So I got out then and, and nobody was hiring. The job that I was applying for fell through. And so I was just like, man, I, I need to do something. We decided to move back to San Diego because... I felt like there was more job opportunities and because I knew my mom lived here and I had family here. So mm -hmm. um, I, I opted for San Diego and I got San Diego. So um, liked it, stayed here ever since. I wanted to get out. I was just tired with the Navy. I didn't, it just wasn't for me. It was rough, but I ended up finding a job for a private contractor. Is it doing kind of the, the same things that 
you were doing in the Navy or is it pretty different? It was kind of different. It was more like an analyst type job. Yeah, so I did that for three years. I wanted something a little bit more stable. So I applied for this government job that I'm doing now. So NAVFAC stands for Naval Facilities Engineering Command. What the mission of NAVFAC is, is to provide repair, maintenance, construction for Navy facilities and infrastructure. So anything that is facility related, that's real property buildings, um, we are responsible for maintaining or building or repairing in support of the Navy. So, uh, so I'm a contracting officer and I sign off on contract awards. I put out the solicitation and then we negotiate and award it to Do the RFP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, exactly. You proposals, got it. Yep. Okay. I left NAFAC for a little bit. I went to another command, still Navy, it was software Mm -hmm. contracting. (laughs) It's totally different. I applied for it because it was a promotion. It was, it got me a a GS-13 position. So I did that for three years, but man, I I learned a lot. It was pretty cool. I like it. So this year, total government service, including my Navy time, would be 25 years. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 So, so what's a good day at work? Is it the, the day after the end of the fiscal year? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good day at work because there is no money because the budget's not approved. So there's no work going on. <laughs> All kidding aside, I guess a good day would be it's not too hectic. It's, it's manageable. And if you can execute a contract It's a big project, you know, that's a win. How we choose to spend our free time may be the most telling about our interests and our passions. Shane talks about his favorite pastimes. So tell me about your your travels and your photography. Mm -hmm. Beautiful pictures. I was always an outdoors person, but I never really, I was never really into hiking before. And then like maybe... 10 years ago, I started hiking. I just wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. So I started hiking and then I just took pictures with my regular cell phone and people liked them. They said, wow, those are cool places. Those are cool pictures. I was going to places that most people didn't see. And I kind of wanted to share the the sites that I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking pictures and then I ran into this other guy on a trip I went at Yosemite National Park and mm-hmm. he was into photography and he he was taking phenomenal pictures I was like damn how do you I want to do that like how do you do that so I just bought myself a camera and started playing around with it but I didn't really start getting serious into it until maybe five years ago mm-hmm. that I really said okay I'm gonna really try to take really good pictures my um passion for taking pictures kind of drove me to travel to these places because I would see things on Instagram or YouTube and then they would show these phenomenal places and so that's why then the traveling just kind of fall into place after that and the hiking where were most of those pictures taken 
So I had set a goal for myself. I, I was like, I said, okay, well, I want to take at least two U.S. trips and one international trip a year. This was like several years ago. I still try to do that if I can. But one year I said, okay, I'm going to go to one national park a month. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. That, yeah, that, so, that'd be awesome if you could pull it off, but ooh. <laughs> I, I, I came close, but I didn't quite make it every month. So to answer your question, yeah. most of the pictures I've taken have been in the U.S. The reason why I also picked it up was because, like, I mean, this world is so big, right? Like, uh, all these different cultures and, and countries, and, like, they live a similar life to what we do. I mean, they, they go to work, they have, they go home to family, you know, but yet they're so different in the way they do things and mm -hmm. the foods they eat, the, the traditions they have. And so, it, to me, it's just fascinating. And I don't want to wait till I retire to travel. You know, I don't want to be old and not be able to, you know, sit in these long flights or hike, you know, here, hike miles there. Like, so I kind of want to just do that while I'm still young, you know, and That's just, good. yeah, take advantage of that. I remember going on some travels. I went to Machu Picchu. In Machu Picchu, the ruins, you have to like climb up all these steps. And um, I remember this older couple, they were probably in their 60s, mm -hmm. but they couldn't climb up the steps. So they had to sit at the bottom and wait for our tour group, you know, to go through the ruins. And I said, man, that, that sucks. I felt so bad. I, I don't want to be like that, you know. Yeah. So while I'm still healthy, I'm just going to travel. Good for you, man. So have you ever thought about hiking Mount Everest? Heck no. <laughs> Why not? No, I, I did think about it, but no way, dude. I mean, it, it would be awesome, but man, it was too risky. It's not something that it's on my list to do. There's a lot of other wonderful places to explore in the world. Yeah, I've had people ask me to hike Mount Whitney, which here in California, and that's the yeah. highest mountain in, in the 48 states, but nah. I like hiking, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you hiked pretty much everywhere there is to hike in the San Diego area? Well, yeah, I think in San Diego, I've hiked almost every hike. I'm kind of interested in doing stuff I haven't done before. I mean, I can appreciate that having a great view makes the hike worth doing. But what yeah. else do you like about hiking, though? I like the physical aspect of it. I mean, it challenges me, especially getting old, up there in age. So it keeps me fit. But then also there's the mental challenge. Sometimes the hikes are just mentally taxing. So I like that both the physical and mental aspects of hiking. Most of the hikes in San Diego is probably half day. The one I did last week, we started at seven in the morning and we didn't get done till 1 30 yeah just in time for lunch and a beer huh <laughs> <laughs> oh i was brutal man i was like hurting so bad but okay it's all good i was glad i finished it like that, you know. oh yeah yeah after the hikes that's always the best part is where we're gonna go eat and drink so that, that's always a, a must after Sweet. Yeah. So you walk into a restaurant, right? So what are you going to have? I will probably have a Corona Premium. 
Coronas I really like, and it's probably because here in San Diego, close to Mexico, and that's mm-hmm. you see that you can order that anywhere. I'm asking you right now to throw out some travel tips for different places you went to, okay? Okay. Mexico. Mexico. Stay in well-traveled areas. Like, like when I went to Mexico City and there were some neighborhoods that were very dark and, and just scary looking. Peru? Peru. Uh, that one I would take, but because of the high altitude, um, I would take that medicine for that. Because otherwise, you would probably need to chew on those cocoa leaves that they give you, because you'll 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 feel it. You'll altitude sickness. Philippines. Philippines. Have advice. Ooh, have to watch your money because there are a lot of pickpockers, and in, in in some cases your phones too. That you're just walking and they'll just run by you and just grab your phone. In Manila, mostly. Okay. Okay. Province, not so much. India. <laughs> what do you got to hear this now? Okay. What is it? What's <laughs> so funny? <laughs> What do you call those pills you take for diarrhea? Yeah, emodium. <laughs> emodium. Yeah. Take emodium. <laughs> That's a must, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. You want me to, to give a better, better advice? No, that's, that's um, good. No, for, for sure, emodium. Iceland. Iceland. My travel advice for there would be Bring a very warm jacket, <laughs> but also to expect to have changing weather conditions. I think it rains too. See, Iceland was a very safe place. It's actually considered one of the most safest countries in the world. Mm. People are very nice. Mm-hmm. Hawaii. Respect the Aina and respect the people, man, or else you're going to get lickings. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, uh, I do tell people that I, whenever they say, hey, we're going to go to Hawaii, and then Hawaii is, is so overrun with tourists, and you get yeah. to see these places. Even when I go hiking back home, and I see a lot of those places, they get, get trashed. Good advice, man. That's good. Advice. Yeah. And so did you end up with any kids? Yeah, I have one daughter. Her name is Miley, and she is 27. What? Wait, what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Wait, is she? Yeah, she's 27. I've been married twice. That was my first wife. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first wife. We met in college. We had Miley. So she's my only daughter, my only child. Okay. And she is 27. But yeah, she stayed in Oregon, went to Oregon State. And then now she lives in Portland. Carried on the tradition. So... That's pretty cool. I'm surprised she went there. But, you know, do you have a health routine? Before COVID, I was going to the gym a lot, like maybe three days a week. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was my routine. I would say I'd do about 30 minutes of cardio. And then the rest of the time, I'll do weights for an hour. And then I'll just switch it up. I mean, you know, from back high school, sure. you do like 
chest and arms one day and then you do back and shoulders another day and then you legs legs day so that was kind of my routine before from football so i just yeah. kept doing it ever since wow you still managed to uh to maintain that routine huh yeah yeah pretty much good for you man for meals well lately and mm. i've been drinking a lot of smoothies so i'll make like a green smoothie uh I'll have a smoothie just in the morning uh, and then I'll have my lunch. And then some days I just have a smoothie at night. And then actually that has been kind of my routine lately. And then on the weekends, I'll splurge a little and, and get regular meals. Yeah. But I hardly ever go to fast food. Tacos. Definitely. I have to have tacos. <laughs> you live in San Diego. They got the best tacos ever. The street tacos are smaller, right? So usually I got to get three or four because it doesn't fill me up. But Or you can get a burrito and the burritos are like monster tacos. Like, man, <laughs> you're in a coma after, seriously. Nice. I'm developing a picture. So beach, beach chair, Corona premium with lime wedge, taco. <laughs> yup. That's it, bro. <laughs> What's your comfort food? My comfort food is pork sinigang, Filipino dish. Okay. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't. Everybody gives me grief <laughs> because they're like, what? You like Filipino? You don't know this. <laughs> pork sinigang. So my mom, she's a great cook. She makes pork sinigang. It's a soup. It's like kind of sour. It has tamarind has vegetables and then has like these pork ribs in there. Oh, it's so good. Well, it sounds delicious. What's your favorite dish? Favorite dish, poke and poi. Poke and poi. You gotta have poke and poi. That, that's <laughs> the best right there. What's your indulgence? You know, something that you do to spoil yourself that you don't necessarily, you know, need. Uh, getting a massage. Definitely. How often do you get your massages? I get about once a month. I have a thing for massage envy. I've been getting massages because like with my job, I was stressed a lot. Mm -hmm. I would get these tension headaches. Plus, you know, I, I'm pretty active physically. So it was always good that I get massage. If, if you could have any other job in the world, what would that be? Ooh, man. I didn't think this one through. If I could have any job in the world, it would be a photographer for National Geographic. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a very good one. At our age, we've been around long enough to have some basis for understanding what's important to us and what matters to us in life. Let's hear what matters to Shane. How do you feel about turning 50, Shane? Turning 50? Woo, man. I just turned 50, man. I'm starting to feel it, David, man. <laughs> the, knee, the knees, the lungs. I'm yeah. picking up some weight, man. No spring chicken. Yeah, we, we certainly aren't that anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. You got your doctor's appointments lined up for, for, for your big 5-0? Um, I just had a doctor's visit, but annual checkup. Are you I, talking I meant, about I meant, uh, a specific... 
<laughs> but no, 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 Dave, they're doing it different now. Now you just poop, you poop, and then you put it in a little tube. No. You put, take a sample, huh? No, okay. That's another way of surveying for blood, but it's, no, it's, he, he said he said you can do this, this kit, or you can do the regular. Okay. Right. That's what he told me. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's probably like a survey thing. So the gold standard oh. would be the camera. Right here, right here, bro. Right here. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> but mentally, I don't feel 50. I still feel younger. Before, I remember when I was younger, like, man, 50, bro. That guy's old, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should think 50 was old, but man, now that I'm 50, I don't I don't think it's old at all. How has COVID impacted you? COVID has really dialed back things. I mean for everyone really, but you know, as far as traveling, as far as seeing family, friends, and just experiencing the freedom that we normally have going out you know just hold up at your house you know but it also has made me appreciate life a little bit more because i've had i've known people who've had covid or have passed from covid and then it it really hits you hard because then you think about your parents they're at that age where you know it, it could be any day so it makes me appreciate family more and just life in general so is there like a philosophy that you live by sort of the shane mahilona doctrine of life <laughs> shane mahilona doctrine yeah yeah you you say something and it'll become the thing really <laughs> um uh, it's probably cliche but you know live in the moment is is kind of my philosophy is whatever it is that I'm doing is like, I want to be in the moment. So whether that's traveling, I want to be in the moment, whether it's my photography, I'm in the moment, whether it's with friends or family, yeah, I want to be in the moment. You know, you can't worry about the future. You can't worry about the past. It's everything that's going on right here and now is what matters. So I just try to make the most of whatever it is that I'm doing at that time. When I'm hiking, I feel like I'm in the moment. When I'm out and I'm looking at a view and I forget about everything. I'm just just in awe of this view or whatever it is I'm looking at. Or if I'm hiking up this super hard mountain. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have had that third taco. Oh, I'm living <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> exactly. Like all I can think about is the pain in my my legs and my butt and my lungs. You're living in the moment. I mean, I'm in the moment. I'm not thinking of anything else but trying to get up this mountain. So. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Primetime 89. I'd like to thank our guest, Shane Mahilona, for taking the time to talk story with us. I'd also like to thank everyone who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Yoshimitsu, Sean Maskell, Wendy Brown, 
and Kaylee Aquaro. And a special thank you to Dwayne Andres for the music and Elizabeth Matson for the production and editing. I'm your host, David Matson. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest updates and news on upcoming episodes. And join us again with another classmate on Primetime 89.